This audio presentation is brought to you by the Baptist Missionary Association Theological Seminary. The BMA Seminary provides accredited theological education for equipping God's people for Christ-centered service and leadership roles with three online degrees available now. We are committed to the inerrancy and authority of Holy Scripture and to making disciples of Jesus Christ. For more information about the BMA Seminary and its online degree programs, go to bmats.edu or call toll-free 800-259-5673. That's 800-259-5673. It's my privilege to be here. Students, thank you for showing up. (laughs) When I was a student here, I always had urgent business to take care of during chapel time. I was caught many times and canceled my urgent business, so I came to chapel. It's a privilege to be here at this place. Thank you, Dr. Holmes. Thank you, Dr. Atterbury. Faculty, staff, students, this is a world-class seminary, and you are not here by accident. It is through divine providence that you are here, and I am here. Do not leave this place until you walk down the graduation aisle. In spite of your professors, walk down the graduation (laughs) aisle. It's good to see my brother here. Thank you, Shelley, for showing up. If you have not met my brother, please do so. He's a good man. Bob McMakin is here. Bob McMakin was persecuted by me as a younger man, and he will affirm that many times. I think Mark chapter 5 will conclude this series of this semester on Mark. Who is Jesus? What's he about? What does that Nicene Creed have to say to the world? And as they wrote that creed, they get it from the Gospels about who Jesus is. And in Mark chapter 4, you see the little group of men amazed who in the world is this that Katrina-like storms obey Him. But they were about to meet a man whose storm in his life perhaps was more horrible than the one that they had just experienced on the water. Being the homiletic student that I'm not in Mark chapter 5. I've divided into about four parts. Let's read the description in chapter 5, verse 1 through 5. The description. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. 
This man lived in the tombs and no one can bind him anymore, not even with a chain, for he had often been chained hand and foot. But he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. It was about dark, if you read chapter 4. And they have been rescued from the storm, these apostles, these disciples, these men in the boat. And this is my imagination. Jesus gets out of the boat. Simon Peter follows him and says, guys, I anchored the boat last time. Y'all anchor it this time. I'm going with the boss. And about that time... Luke adds, a naked man came at them. Matthew adds, there were two of these kinds of fellows meeting these people. And I can imagine Peter saying, get back in the boat. Get back in the boat. Get back in the boat. I'm coming back to the boat. Get back in the boat. He lived in those tombs. The place of the dead. Hewn out of the Rocks, the place where nobody would go. Notice the quartet of description there for him. He was in the tombs. No one could bind him even with a chain. He tore the chains from his body. And even as they spent sent in the special forces, as they sent in the SWAT team, no one. No one could stop his howling. I'm struck by Ephesians chapter 2. If you haven't read that, read it in connection with this. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. In which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler And of the ruler of the kingdom of air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Young men and young ladies, as you go to your church, don't be surprised that you hear a conversation like this. Pastor, my son or my daughter, Is running wild. And we have sent her. And we have sent him. To the best clinics. And nothing works. Don't be surprised that you're. At a ball game sometime. At a sporting event. And someone comes up to you and says. Pastor I need to talk to you about my husband. Or my my wife. Their behavior. Their choice of behavior. Is killing our life. Don't be surprised if you hear that. If you don't believe that that spirit of disobedience is now at work in our world. Just look around your life. No medication will change your life. No counseling 
can change the heart. Jesus, what must I do? The young man asked to inherit eternal life. And Jesus gave him a pretty straight litany of those early commandments. And he said, I've done it. I've done it. I've done it all. One thing you lack. One thing you lack. Even though you've kept these from being a boy. One thing you lack. Why in the world would this man cut himself? Why in the world would this man gash himself with stones? Those not in the mind of Christ are out of the mind of God. 2 Timothy chapter 1 says to us who are Christian, we do not have that kind of mind. We have a spirit of power and love and a sound mind and of discipline. The crowd of the world has given me something to help me. We've looked at the description in verse 1 through verse 5. Let's look at the discussion in verse 6 through 10. When he saw Jesus from a distance... He ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Swear to God you won't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you evil spirits. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, For we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of area. Odd to me, odd to me that I would have expected the man to run away from Jesus. But he ran toward Jesus. Not in an act of worship, but in an act of obedience. He knelt there before him. And isn't it odd that even a Crazy person like that would know who Jesus is. And we who are civilized, Christianized, baptized, sanctified, sometimes don't acknowledge who Jesus is. But here he is kneeling in that position before him. I love conversations that odd times uh, if you've never stood in the line at Walmart <laughs> you can have some odd conversations you know preacher I, I believe in God and I almost want to say wow you have come up to the level of the demons <laughs> James says even they believe And their hair stands on end. I know you read in your devotionals. I know you read this passage. He humbled himself. And became obedient to death. Even death on a cross. Therefore. God exalted him to the highest place 
and gave him a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This man had never seen Jesus. And yet, the demonic force within him clearly knew who Jesus was. Some translate, legion is mob. My name is mob. A legion was about 6,000 soldiers who ran roughshod over any area that they occupied and committed atrocities freely. And I'm sure the atrocities committed in Judea and around that Palestinian area were too horrible to recount. And this mob, this legion, was in this man doing these things. The legions are loose in America. If you don't read it in the newspaper, turn on your TV. If you don't believe it in the local news, turn on to the state news. Turn on the national news. Turn on the world news. The legions are still loose. In verse 1 through 5, we looked at the description. In verse 6 through 10, the discussion. Now let's look at verse 11 through 13, the demons. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. He gave them permission and the evil spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. You got to think about this. 2,000 pigs has... An aroma. (laughs) Unprecedented. If you've never been around pigs. It has a smell. It's not an aroma. It's a smell. And put yourself in that scene. Here's 2,000 pigs. I don't know how many pigs we could fit in here. I don't think 2,000. And there was a noise to that. A smell. A stench. And a noise. And suddenly, if you're from Arkansas, you know how to call the hogs. And suddenly there was a oink, oink, beyond recognition in each little pig. The first little pig put on his Nike tennis shoes. But the second little pig was smarter and he put on Adidas tennis shoes. Had to buy two pair, you know, I got four legs. And they ran headlong down that embankment into the lake. Please, one translation says, do not send us. Uh, Mark doesn't say it, but the other translations do the other. Don't send us into the abyss before the time. Now. There are those of you who are dispensational, premillennial, we'll pray for you. <laughs> but whatever you are, amillennial, postmillennial, premillennial, we all agree 
that there is a time when the Lord returns. And even the Old Testament prophets say there is a day of the Lord and clearly Jesus himself talked about there is that day of judgment. We overlook Luke chapter 10. Jesus had sent out his chosen ones with great success. We had come to Caesarea Philippi and they had confessed him as the Messiah. They had been with him at the transfiguration in Luke and then he had sent out the 72 and they came back and said, wow, give us some more of this. And Jesus at that point said, I saw Satan as lightning falling from heaven. Something happened at the cross that I don't know about. I don't understand. Something happened in the Garden of Eden that I don't understand. But there was a marring, there was a sinning, there was a, something that affected me. As an individual and then at the cross something affected me through grace as an individual. And I think this man knew this mob, this legion. Don't send me to the abyss before the time. And again here this man who is anything but Christian knew that. We've looked at the description in verse 1 through 5. The discussion in verse 6 through 10. The demons in verse 11 through 13. Now... Let's look at the drama in verse 14 through 17. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. Contrast. The three or four, the trilogy or the quartet of things, what he was in the tombs, wild, unable to be chained. No one could subdue him. Notice... Notice, he was sitting down in all quietness beside Jesus. Having been clothed in a robe and wearing it. The father clothed that younger son as he welcomed him back in a robe. And here... He's clothed in a robe and wearing it. He was in his right mind. He was not raging and yelling. He was no longer a legion. He was no longer a mob. What a contrast. The pig tenders ran off. It's not our fault. He did it. It's not our fault. We were watching the pigs. We were punching the clock. We, we were doing our job. He did it. The people were more afraid of a man in his right mind converted by the power of Christ than they were 
of old crazy legion sitting there. The pigs were more important to the people than the man. Get out of Jacksonville. We don't want you. Can you imagine that? Do not harm my business. Do not harm my way of life. Do not mess with and try to manipulate my way of life. Get out. Get out. Let's look last verses. Verse 18 to 20. The discipleship. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he's had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. The proof of Christianity is a recreated human being. I once was lost. But now am found, was blind, but now I see. It's normal for a converted man or woman or boy or girl to want to be with Jesus. And this guy was certainly converted. He was doing what comes naturally. He wanted to be with Christ. Go home and tell those people. Don't go and convert them. Just go and tell them. I'll do the converting. Go to the Decapolis. The ten cities. And if you'll read some of your Bible commentaries. You'll see the Decapolis were those cities around. That were all Greek. Greek traditions. Perhaps this was the foretaste of missions. Through the book of Acts. That these ten cities were spoken to. By the former mob. Tell them how much the Lord has done for you. And has had mercy on you. Any Baptist. Let me be specific. Any Baptist that's not a missionary. Is not much of a Baptist. But let me go farther. Any Christian that's not a missionary. Is not much of a Christian. All the people were amazed. They weren't all converted. But they were amazed. They were not converted, but amazed. John chapter 4 talks about a woman at the well. Because of your testimony, we have now heard about this one. What's the point of Mark chapter 5? We read the Nicene Creed. We heard it read to us. I stood... At Nicaea, which is now Iznik, Turkey, where that creed was hammered out. And there's a, a mound there, a tell of where that great Christian church was. And that town today is the center of the tile industry for all of those mosques in the area. What's the point of this? Jesus can meet your needs. He's that kind of Savior. 
whatever the most extreme, and this got to be, this has got to be a very extreme human condition. Can Jesus meet that need? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Who is Jesus? He's the Son of God, the Savior, the Messiah of the world. 